Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Celebration. How's everybody doing? Good to see you. Come on, let's help welcome in all of our locations today. We are really excited uh, about this weekend because this is the weekend that we kick off our 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many of you are excited about awakening this year? It's going to be awesome. Um, really, tomorrow's the first day. You want to make tonight kind of your last non-awakening meal and then it kicks off tomorrow and some of you you know maybe it's your first fast and you might be kind of nervous not really excited you are going to be really excited uh when you hear the message today after today's message you are going to be excited about fasting so well before i get in the message i want to introduce uh our new pastor over arena the arena riot right now our new youth pastor and his future wife who's also leading it with him and over all of our Next Gen events. Come on up, Josh Cox. Y'all give Josh a big, big hand. And his fiance, my daughter, Kaylin Weems. Come on, how about that? And, uh, and so Josh and Kaylin are getting married in March and uh, they met last year, early last year, down at our Orlando campus. Kaylin was going to school down there and Josh was our pastor at our Lake Howe uh, campus. And so the awesome thing about Josh is, before he even met Kalen, he has a heart for youth. He has a heart for the next generation. And uh, so we're really excited about having him here. And I'm just glad that God called him here because, you know, that helps me. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then Kaylin, Kaylin as well, she has such a heart for the next gen, and so we're just really, really excited. So I just wanna introduce them to you guys, and, uh, and just you, you guys welcome to church. Well, hey, I, I, I just wanna say I'm, I'm so excited to be out here in Jax, man. I, I'm so excited to get to serve alongside of all you guys, and I'm telling you, man, I, I'm really pumped. God's got great things in store for Riot Between Camp and, and our Wednesday services, which are gonna be amazing. Um, I'm just honored and privileged to be able to get out here and serve with you guys, and I'm excited for what God has, so. Yeah, we're just super excited to serve along you guys, and um, I, we were just talking out in the lobby that it really feels like home here, and we're so excited to be here with you guys, and um, we're looking forward to camp and our Wednesday nights and all that's going on for youth. You know, we're both super excited to be working with them, and uh, we really believe that, that, that God's gonna do some amazing things this year uh, through the youth, so we're excited to see how that turns out. Awesome, I'm a proud dad. Thank you guys, thank you guys. So. Uh, I wanna remind everyone, so get your young person here Wednesday night. So uh, at all of our locations, uh, Wednesday night we have our riot cruise. And so uh, they come in for worship and then they break out in like a couple of big crews all around uh, the campus. So Wednesday night we have our riot cruise. Once a month starting next month is, uh, is riot night. And then don't forget to sign up your young person for camp 
this summer. It's going to be amazing. All right, are y'all ready to get in the Word today? Are you sure? Okay, listen, let me lay a couple of things out there. I know the Jags are playing at one o'clock. I mean, I'm like, Lord, why not four? Why not Saturday? But they're playing at one. So you, there's a couple of deals. As y'all saw last month, y'all, y'all saw how God spoke to me and told me to tell you that if you leave early because of the Jags, they're gonna lose. That's, that's a fact. That's been proven. And uh, I have been guaranteeing wins. I can't guarantee a win. But I can guarantee they'll have the best chance possible to win if you just stay to the end of the service. So I, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm going out on a limb on. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep you long, but we're, we're really at the very end of the service. We want to practice good etiquette and good church etiquette. So please, when we get into that sensitive moment, when people are surrendered their lives to God and the Holy Spirit's moving, it just takes about two or three minutes. Uh, and, and, and then you'll be dismissed after the prayer at the very end, but please lock in through that. Okay. And I promise you, you'll get out here plenty. Let's see what 40 minutes, 1240. Oh man, you got plenty of time. I heard they might move the kickoff back a few minutes as well. So awesome. Y'all ready to get in the word? All right. All right. You know, we've been, t- we're in a, we're in a series called all in and, and kind of the concept is, you know, God, God went all out for us so we can go all in for him. And I really believe that this year, I feel like kind of the prophetic word that God has spoken to me and our leadership for our church is that this is a banner year and this can really be a banner year for you. And we kind of laid out last uh, weekend, we talked about the Lord is our banner, uh, which is great what was shared at the uh, altar moment. You know, when God says, be still, How, how are we still? We're in a posture of prayer. We're not entering 2018 like this. We're entering it like this. Raising our hands, posture of prayer, and God is gonna move and he's gonna fight our battles for us and it's gonna be a banner year for you. And we talked about what? Having a daily Devo, having a weekly service. We even have Wednesday nights now. If, 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 if the weekends are too crazy, it's a different message, but, but it's still in the same theme of what we're doing on Sunday morning. A, a daily Devo, a weekly service. Have a church friend. Amen. Have a church friend that can help you and, 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 and help move your life forward, a positive influence. And then a big one is forgive people that have hurt you. We're finding that forgiveness is a big, big, it's a, it's a much bigger issue for so many people. Forgiving people that have hurt you and having an attitude of forgiveness moving forward in this year. How many of you are ready to go all in? You're like, okay, I can do that. I, I can do that. So uh. We're gonna stay in that theme. We're gonna go to the book of Daniel. Okay, the book of Daniel. I'm gonna read chapter 10. You know, this is the prophet Daniel. I mean, this is is a really exciting book. I think it's about 12 chapters. You know, you older parents like Carrie and I, you probably learned the book of Daniel through Veggie Tales when they had the, you know, Nebuchadnezzar and the giant chocolate bunnies. Anybody old enough to remember? And then you gotta correct your kids. First, you have to correct your theology, okay? And then you have to correct your kids' theology. But uh, the book of Daniel is really an, an exciting book. You know, it's, it's, it's Nebuchadnezzar and it's the fiery furnace. And it's, you know, he gets delivered out of the lion's den. And then there's all these apocalyptic and, and, and these visions. And there's angels showing up and all this stuff. 
But what people don't realize is Daniel went to Babylon. He was in the Babylonian captivity. He went to Babylon when he was 16 years old. He lived until 92. So those 12 chapters are over a long period of time. And in chapter 10, he's about 85 years old when he has this amazing vision and revelation uh, from God. Come on, we're, we're my older people. That's all of us like over 40. That's, uh, you know, I mean, 85. God's, I mean, God is using him big time, man. So we're gonna take a look at chapter 10. This is where we get the Daniel fast from. How many of you heard the Daniel fast? So the Daniel fast, we really kind of talk about fruits and vegetables and a lot of, you know, whole grain stuff, not any kind of meats or stuff like that. I'm gonna show you. Um, we're gonna see where that is in the Bible. And I think God's really, really gonna speak to us today. But, and I've entitled this message, A Breakthrough in Babylon. A Breakthrough in Babylon. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Help us to lean in, Lord God, and receive what you wanna speak to us, God. We thank you that you are here in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. A Breakthrough in Babylon. And of course, Babylon, referring to the world system and the worldly system here. And Daniel, and the Jews for that matter, as they were captives in Babylon during this period of time, it was very much a very worldly, a very kind of anti-God system. And God had promised the Jews uh, through the prophet Jeremiah that they would be in captivity for 70 years, and then he would deliver them and they would go back to their homeland. Now, it's also important to remember that the book of Ezra, Ezra was a contemporary uh, of Daniel. Nehemiah was a contemporary of Daniel. When you see the rebuilding of the temple, and so it's Daniel, it's Ezra, it's Nehemiah, those are kind of all in this same time period, and I'm going to pick it up here in chapter 10, and uh, we'll give you a little bit more context of what's going on. It says, uh, in the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, okay, so watch this. There's four kingdoms kind of in this whole story, okay? First, there were the Assyrians, and they were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, okay? Then this guy, King Cyrus in Persia, and the Persians, they came in and conquered the Babylonians. So it was the Assyrians, they got conquered by the Babylonians, and the Persians came in and, 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 and conquered the Babylonians. And then in the future, Greece is gonna come in and conquer Persia. And so all these uh, countries and kingdoms are represented uh, in this story. And it says, uh, it says in the reign of, of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events. <clears throat> he understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. And so he's about to get this revelation of, of the end times. And, and, and during this time, or in these, I think it's chapter seven through 12, there's all these visions, an apocalyptic vision. This is where we get the idea of Daniel's 70th week. It's the seven years of tribulation, the last three and a half being the great uh, tribulation. So he's gonna unpack that. He's gonna reveal that in his book, or in his, in his book here, the book of Daniel. And it says, um, when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks, 21 days. 
He said, all that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions. Now, listen, <laughs> I wanna qualify something, okay? You're gonna wear deodorant. I'm just saying that to the guys right now, all right? It's not what this is, it's not what this is referring to, and, and don't worry, where all my brothers at? You're gonna use that lotion, use your lotion. Okay, but he says, look, no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed, okay? And so, so something about Daniel, because of his giftedness and that he could interpret visions and all this kind of thing, D Daniel was very high up in the government. And so Daniel had access to all the finest foods, all the rich foods, all the nice wines, all that kind of stuff. And so by, that's what he's talking about. It doesn't say that he just drank water or anything like that. He's like, look, I kind of gave up these different uh, rich foods and things like that because I needed to humble myself. I needed to disconnect from the world. I needed to disconnect, uh, if you wanna think, from the natural in a way, kind of shut that down so I can open up more to the spiritual because he had a great burden. And the burden that he had, if you read the whole book and Ezra and Nehemiah and Jeremiah, that's right, Jeremiah, Nehemiah, Ezra, and Daniel, there's four of them that were all during this time. His burden was that, okay, now the Jews are going back, it's been 70 years, now they're going back to Israel and they're rebuilding the temple and they started to rebuild the temple and, and it, it, like, they're getting all kind of opposition. It's not going well. It looks like it's not gonna happen. They're getting all this op opposition and so even though Daniel knows it's been prophesied. I mean, God has spoken that we're gonna go back and we're gonna rebuild the temple. Even though God spoke that, he's kind of looking around in the natural at the circumstances and how it's being held up. And I mean, he's starting to worry. He's starting to doubt. Well, I know God said this, but you know, maybe whatever, this, this looks like it's, it's not coming to pass. But the awesome thing, instead of going by what he sees in the natural, he goes to the unseen. And he stands on God's word. And that's such an important principle for all of us to apply. That listen, it doesn't matter what's going on in the seen world. We walk what? By faith, not by sight. And too many of us, what happens when the circumstances don't, we read this in God's word, we read this promise, we read that, we read this, we read that, but our circumstances aren't, line, you know, we pray, we believe for a little while, and our circumstances don't line up to what God's word says, and we just kind of, we just kind of give up. I want to challenge you today. Don't lower your faith to your circumstances. Come on, raise your faith, and those circumstances will follow. Come on, that's what awakening is about. And that's what fasting will do. And so, so, so he's in this fast and he has this burden. That's another thing about prayer and fast. See, when we pray and fast, we're not praying fasting to change God's mind. We're praying and fasting so God changes our mind. Do you see? So, so important. I have a whole book out there called Awakening. I unpack this a lot. If you go to our website, and, and get, go to the link to the website with Awakening. We talk about a lot of this and give you all kind of fasting resources and plans and all that kind of stuff. But it's so, so important. When you fast, okay, God's not, uh, you know, looking down at you and, you know, like you're really hungry one day, you know, and you've just had a, a 
another juice or another salad, you know, and you pass a burger place. I'm telling you right now, when I fast, I can smell food for 10 miles. Like a hound dog. And God doesn't look down and go, oh, he's really hungry now. Okay, he's really, yeah, yeah, he really hurts now. Okay, now I'll answer your prayer. You've put in enough pain. It has nothing to do with that. And I'm gonna show you this here. Fasting is, what, here's what it's about. It's about us getting in tune with God so that faith can arise, so we can believe God for the miracles that he wants to give us, so we can believe God. Fasting's about getting closer to God, and the closer you get to God, come on, the more faith you have and the more miracles and breakthroughs that are gonna happen. It's, it, it's in the New Testament, it's about relationship. It's relationship is what it's about. So, so look, he says, look, I'd eat no rich food, no meat or wine across my lips. I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. On April 23rd, I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River. I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. That's what people said about my body. His, I'm just kidding. Look, his face flashed like lightning, his eyes flamed like torches. I mean, you know, this is a serious being right here. His eyes flamed like torches, his arms and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. Thanks, guys. So. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing, amazing vision. Look at this, my strength left me. My face grew deathly pale and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. How many of you are grateful that God loves you, that he cares about you? Listen, you're very precious to God. You're precious to God, you're valuable, you're important to God. He said, Daniel, you're very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. So then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first, I love this, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. What did we talk about last week? That scripture out of Psalms that what? God, may God answer all of your prayers. What I love about this, it says the first day, like day one, okay, there's this 21 days of prayer and fasting. On day one, as soon as you prayed, Daniel, God sent me. In other words, the answer had departed. As soon as you pray. See, here's what we don't understand. Sometimes to get a breakthrough, we have to have a pray through. Okay? Well, here's, when we pray, okay, God answers the prayer. That blessing, that answer 
that move of God, that whatever's going on, that's on its way, but there are things happening in the unseen realm. There are processes, there's stuff going on. That's why there's so many uh, passages in the New Testament, you know, about praying and not giving up. Well, you know, about being persistent and asking and seeking and, and knocking and the parable of the unjust judge and, and, the, and the woman that just kept knocking on, on the door and being persistent. See, here's what we don't understand. When you pray it, man, God sends it. It's on his way. And I think too many people see the natural. They don't see a quick answer and they give up. Or you know what? They end up getting kind of a half. Listen, God doesn't want to give you a half blessing. He wants to give you a full blessing. He, wasn't a, he, he wants to do it fully and thoroughly. He doesn't want you to get one-third freedom. He wants you to get totally free in Jesus' name. Okay? So look, since the first day, I was thinking about this. You know, uh, Christmas, Carrie and I sent uh, tamales to a bunch of my pastor's friends. My wife comes up with great Christmas gifts. Who sends tamales? They were all texting me, calling me. We love the tamales. These kind of special tamales or, or, or whatever. But, but some people didn't get them. And so we called the tracking number or whatever like that and the delivery service, whoever we were using, UPS or FedEx or whoever, was just like, oh yeah, we're real sorry. They left, they're, they're on their way. There's just been, you know, with the traffic and the holidays that we just, we just had some issues, but, but it'll get there. So watch. The people hadn't received the package, but I knew it was going to get there. It had departed. See, a lot of times we confuse departure with denial. We think that because it's not here yet, well, then God must have denied my request. No, it's just the opposite. Your request has been departed there's just some things going on that you can't see. I don't know what was going on with UPS or whatever. I don't know what systems were happening or how much traffic or whatever like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on. All I know is they said they sent it, and so I know it's going to come. And you know that every package of tamales got delivered. Do you see? I'm telling you, when we pray, in Jesus' name, if that prayer is in accordance with God's will, if that prayer is in, in, in I, I think anywhere near God's will, as long as the answer, as long as it won't hurt you, are you following me? As long as somehow there's a, that that wouldn't uh, do something detrimental to your relationship with God. As long as, as long as that's why. I see, some of you've been believing uh, uh, God for season tickets to the Jags. And God knows if you got them, you wouldn't come to church. All right, I'm sorry. But do you see what I'm saying? Listen, it's on its way. I love that from the first day. Everybody say the first day. The first day. The very first day. It says, uh, it says your request has been heard in heaven. Look, I've come in answer to your prayer, but look at this. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. <laughs> I love this. And I left him there. You gotta love angels. 
They're a lot like humans in some way. And we're gonna unpack this in a little bit because it's important to understand the context of these kind of things. Look at this, he says, uh, Michael came to help me. I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. So that's a fallen angel. That's, that's a territorial spirit. It says, now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision that concerns a time yet to come. So now I'm gonna answer what you've been praying for and, and, and bless you and those kind of things. He says, while he was sp speaking to me, I looked down at the ground, unable to say a word. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and I began to speak. I said to the one standing in front of me, I'm filled with anguish because of the vision I've seen. My Lord, and I'm very weak. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again and I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged. Don't you love it how this angel told Daniel twice, you're very precious to God. You're very precious to God. He says, oh, you're very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. And he spoke these words to me. I suddenly felt stronger. And then I said, please speak to me. Come on, another one. Come on, that's some good stuff. All right, now your words are helping me. Come on, give me some more of that strengthening. He says, please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. And he replied, do you know why I have come? Soon, look at this. Soon I must return to fight against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And after that, the spirit prince of the kingdom of, Gre the, uh, of Greece will come. The Greece is gonna end up fighting the Persians and taking over. Meanwhile, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one helps me against these spirit princes except Michael, your spirit prince. Which, by the way, I think is hilarious. Like this angel, I, I'm gonna talk to you a little, a little bit about angels. I'm gonna get into more of this on, on Wednesday night. But I, it's, it's very interesting how like, the angel's like, basically kind of like, hey, look, I'm not getting any help except from Michael. You know, like, I got a lot going on. I'm doing this, and then I'm going to Greece. Come on, how many of you are like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like. He says, no one helps me against these spirit princes. That's a fallen angel. These fallen angels except Michael, your spirit prince. And I've been standing beside Michael to support and strengthen him since the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede. So, so let me give you a little bit of context here about number one, why um, it was so important for what was burdening Dan Daniel and, uh, and, and what he was believing God for. Well, he was believing God for vision, for understanding um, and, and direction on the building of the temple. Okay, so the temple had been held up like I was talking about, but here's what you need to understand about the temple for Israel. The temple was like the soul of the nation. It's where the presence of God was. So that's why you see throughout scripture how important the temple is, how they kind of feel lost when there's no temple. It's like the soul of the nation. Think of it in the New Testament, what, we're, the, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit right? So God dwells in us. Well, in the Old Testament, okay, that temple, basically with the children of Israel, that's kind of where God's spirit was. So without temple, like they had no soul. Without the temple, they had no reign. Without the temple, it was like they really, their, their kingdom wasn't complete. 
So the temple was very, very important if Israel was gonna really return back to their homeland and really establish themselves as a nation again. So that was really burdening him. And so when this angel shows up, which by the way, I wanna tell you why I believe this was absolutely an angel and not Jesus is because Jesus doesn't get held up with demons or fallen angels. Okay, Jesus is, is, is on the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus would crush this thing, all right? So this is not God. Fallen angels and angels, for that matter, are terrified of God, okay? And that's one of the narratives, the meta-narrative that we're gonna look in this uh, series I'm gonna unpack on Wednesday nights that'll still go along with Sundays in a couple of uh, weeks about the age of man, okay? So before Adam, there was the age of angels, now we're in the age of man, and when Jesus comes back, we'll be in the age of the Messiah. Come on, that's gonna finally be a good age, amen? We'll be in the age of, of, of the Messiah. But this, this angelic or unseen realm that we don't talk a lot about, it's, it's very, very real. It's what Paul talked about. Look, when we... When we uh, when we wrestle, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against what? These kind of fallen angels and demons, principalities, powers, territorial spirits, what in the unseen realm. And so what happens is, as we can see here from this passage of scripture, is that uh, Daniel begins to pray. As soon as he prayed, man, God's like, see, God want, wanted this to happen more than Daniel. God wanted to get his word, his revelation out. God wanted to rebuild uh, the kingdom. What, what Daniel didn't realize is that the reason the rebuilding of the temple wasn't going well at this time, it wasn't because of all the people that were opposing him. It was because of this spirit and the principalities and, and the unseen that were opposing him. And this all goes back to the meta narrative of Genesis 3.16 of this war. It's the war of the seed of Satan, the seed of the serpent, and it's the war of the seed of the woman or mankind. And so if you go back, so here's what I believe about, this obviously wasn't God, I believe that this angel was Gabriel. Most theologians believe it was Gabriel, and here's why. Gabriel is the angel, and you can study this or read this in a lot of the Jewish texts and ancient uh, Jewish writings and the church fathers. Gabriel, his kind of main, I guess, assignment or his task or his Authority. Gabriel is always God's messenger. He brings the messages. So that's why when we see the birth of Jesus, what angel shows up? Gabriel shows up. He brings the message. He brings the announcement, okay? So a lot of times when we see in the Old and New Testament when an angel would show up and he would bring a message or an announcement, I believe that that is Gabriel. In the Jewish text, that's what it says Gabriel's in charge of. Michael, Michael's a warrior, he, he, he likes a good fight. So you think about Michael, the Bible says Michael is the one that opposed uh, uh, Satan when Satan was wanted to take Moses' body. He opposed it. So Michael's also, he's over, you can, this is all in the Bible, but Bible's, and, and it, what it just said right there is Michael's also the angel that's kind of over Israel, protects Israel. So he's over that, and Michael's a fighter. And if you study, um, you know, this, this angelic, I was, I've been studying this uh, for about three or four months now. It's really, really fascinating. 
And in ancient Jewish, this is not the, the Bible, you know, you, you don't renew your mind in these books, but a lot of these were very important resources uh, that the early church fathers used, books like the book of Enoch that's quoted directly by the apostles twice and referenced over 40 times, or just kind of like a commentary, like a Matthew. That's kind of how I use them to pull into things, but it talks about these seven archangels. And uh, Wednesday night, I'm gonna tell you who those are, okay? I don't have enough time today. Y'all make me be on time, so I don't get to do that. But another thing that's really important to understand that we'll look at is this, this whole war here. We're gonna kind of get a better understanding of how Lucifer fell. We're gonna get a better understanding of, of this whole concept because it helps you understand this unseen realm. And we know that the Bible tells us what? That he had pride in his heart, right? And that iniquity was in his heart, but it doesn't really tell us how he fell. Well, in a lot of these ancient Jewish texts, um, it kind of gives some more background to that. You cannot take it as the inspired word of God, the Bible. We, we can't take it as that, but it does provide some insight that lines up with what the word says. And what it tells us, okay, so there's the age of the angels and then God created Adam. And when God created Adam, he called the angels and he said, look at my creation. Look at, do you see, look at my image. Remember God created us in his image, which is, this is a huge meta narrative. Genesis to Revelation, the image, which is why Daniel's 70th week and when the Antichrist shows up, what does Satan do? He makes mankind worship his image in the Antichrist. So this image concept is huge. And so the angels were created first. The angels were created out of rock. The Bible says that there are flames of fire. That's why you see the fiery eyes. The Bible says that they can take on human form that we see all over the Bible. The Bible says that they're here to serve us. Okay, they're here to minister to us. They're here to serve us. The Bible says in the age of the Messiah, all of us who are redeemed, guess what? We'll rule over angels. You can tell Gabriel, good job for doing all this resisting and fighting and all that kind of that. I wanna say this, you don't pray to angels. You don't worship angels. Paul had to write half a book on this in Colossians, okay? Here's what I'm saying. God is the administrator of the universe. You pray to God, you pray to Jesus, are you following me? He decides who he's gonna release and all that kind of stuff. So we don't wanna get on that kind of tangent. But they're here to serve us. They're here to minister to us. They're here to help us and we will rule over them, believe it or not. And uh, so when God called the angels to worship his image in Adam, um, they all came there and uh, Michael made the decree. This is what Jewish tradition tells us. Michael made the decree and to all the angels and said, we're to worship God's image in man and we're to serve man and they were to bow. Okay, follow me. And I guess there had been some tension for a long time, okay? You have to think of it like more in human terms, okay? There'd been some tension for a long time and that's when Lucifer said, why should a son of fire bow before a son of clay? We were created first. We were created from fire, from the rock. This is, this is clay. And Michael said, you will bow and you will serve. It's decreed from the Lord. And that's when Lucifer said, I will not bow and I will not serve. And that's when he said, 
I'm gonna ascend to the north. I'm gonna be like the most, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be like the most high. I'm gonna take my group, we're just gonna go do our own thing over here. Listen, Lucifer knew he could never overthrow God. So it's important to understand, like a lot of times we think like we're fighting for God. No, God's fighting for us. Do you see? Now watch. God's fighting, man, I'm off on a tangent. But listen, it's important. So watch, watch, watch. So the first Adam, Lucifer wouldn't bow. That's how he got stripped of all his glory. It started the whole war. He took the third of the angels that were under him, with him. They all followed him in his rebellion. Okay, so watch. Now fast forward it. Philippians, the song that we just sang, what did God's own son do? He took the form of a servant. He humbled himself to death, to obedience on the cross. And then what does it say? And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Satan is gonna have to do to Jesus what he wouldn't do to the first Adam. He's gonna have to do to the second Adam. He will bow. He will. And so this is part of this unseen war that's going on, okay? All right, I gotta leave everything else to Wednesday because we gotta get with this. Do y'all like me sharing things like that? Does that help? Okay. So, so anyway, so, so Gabriel comes. The Bible says he's, he's, he's not only resisted. One translation, it's like detained. Like he kind of got whooped and detained. And Michael had to come help him, which is another thing you have to understand about angels, okay? We have this idea like, well, can an angel kind of like, you know, zap out of heaven and like appear in my room, you know, and, and, and things like that? No, like think how the earth is organized. We gotta travel on highways, we got trains, planes, automobile, there's lanes is what I'm trying to say. So remember when Jacob had the vision, he's, it's called Jacob's ladder, he said, I saw this ladder and the angels of God were ascending and descending on this, on this ladder. There's, there's highways, there's lanes. It's not just all up in the unseen realm like everybody's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, appearing here, appearing there, whoa. You know, <laughs> Lucifer's up there like, ooh, hey, I just wanna be like God. That sounds like a good idea, huh, everybody? The, it's not, it's not. There's order, there's lanes, there's all this kind of thing. So think of it on this lane that he had to go in to get to Daniel. Well, that was controlled by this, this, this territorial spirit. And uh, it was, man, it's like a draw, whatever the thing is. And, and he couldn't get through, okay? And so, so important. Listen, here's, let me encourage you with this. The war is won. But the battles are not over. Do you see? And that's why with prayer and fasting, this is how we can see those victories and those deliverance and those miracles happen that we don't see in other times. And sometimes it's kind of like, like I said, you know, you, you have to have a pray through before you get a breakthrough. Okay, can I give you five things real quick? Put the uh, scripture up there. Look, verse 12, I'm gonna give you five things just about the fast real quick, all right? I've got three minutes and 21 seconds. Right? 
do y'all want the Jags to win or not? Okay, so then he said, look, then he said, look, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since, look, everybody, since the first day, you begin to pray for understanding and humble yourself before your God. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come and answer to your prayer. Put up the NIV real quick. Everybody say first day. The first day. Guess what? Tomorrow's the first day. You gonna pray tomorrow? Because I'm telling you on the first day of day 21, I'm telling you whatever you pray in Jesus' name, there goes the departure. The answer is on its way. It's the first day. So look, here's what I wanna say. Start strong and start now. Start strong and start now. Look at the other thing. It says, look, set your mind, look, that you set your mind to gain understanding. Look, get focused, get a plan, and get in the Word. Start strong. Don't be like, well, yeah, I'll get around to, you know, it's a busy week, next week, or whatever. Do you want your answer to, it's on its way tomorrow. If you start strong, start now. Look, get focused, get a plan, and get in the Word. What kind of fast are you gonna do? You, you know, are you fruits and vegetables, smoothies, a combination? If you're new, are you starting out with, you know, one meal a week or whatever? Look, let me show you this. Put Matthew up there. No, Matthew. Y'all have to listen. I'm gonna talk fast. Okay, y'all gotta listen. I'm so glad I got Wednesday night. You know why? Because the things I don't get to, I can just get to on Wednesday night. Y'all ought to be glad we have Wednesday night. I won't preach too long. Look, look what Jesus said. Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. The disciples couldn't cast the demon out of this boy. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? For some of you, that's your question. Lord, why isn't this change in my life? Why doesn't this get fixed? Why do I keep having this problem? Why can't I get free from that? Why doesn't this happen? Why don't I get a breakthrough here? Why am I not moving forward? Why is there not a promotion? Why? Verse 20, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. In other words, the problem's not with God. God wants those same things too and even more of them. The problem's our unbelief. Look, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say this mountain moved to here from there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, everybody say however. However, this kind, this kind of change, this kind of breakthrough, this kind of thing, think of Daniel with the 21 days, this kind of change miracle, it does not go out. It doesn't change except by prayer and fasting. Why? You see, faithless and perverse, you're, you're faithless, you're not connected enough to God and you're perverse, you're too connected to the world. So here's what prayer and fasting does. Through prayer, we get connected back to God. Through fasting, we get disconnected from the world. The unbelief, the unbelief goes out, faith rises up, and we see the impossible become possible. Man, remember, fasting does involve food. You can't just fast social media. Yes, give, all, give several things up. There has to be a food component. There's a powerful psychological, physical thing that happens there. Okay, look, embrace the discomfort. Okay, you're, you're hungry. You're really hungry this day. Okay, you're weak. You got a headache. Okay, you're weak and you got a headache. Know that whatever temporary suffering is going on right now, it does not compare to the eternal weight of glory. And you can always tell yourself, that, by the way, coffee's on the fast. It's a bean juice. Daniel drank coffee. That's in a whole another ancient Jewish text. 
Here's what I use. Look, tell yourself this, tell yourself this. When, you're, when you smell something, you get real hungry, like a hamburger. It's my favorite food, can y'all tell? <laughs> tell yourself this, I got the whole rest of the year to eat hamburgers. I got the whole rest of the year to do that. I can hang in there for 21 days so that I can see the impossible become possible in these areas of my life. And the answer's already departed. Okay, the next thing, look, experience God's power and get ready for revival. Get ready, come to church as much as you can. Wednesday nights, if you're fasting, all you're gonna do is be home and be miserable watching commercials on TV, come to church. Pray, go all in, man, go just all in. Get the, get the most out and get ready for the ending revival because breakthroughs and freedom are com coming. And then the last thing, we're gonna celebrate. We're celebrating what God's gonna do. In other words, we're celebrating, why? Because the answer's already departed. It's already departed. I'm telling you, that package, that answer, that blessing is already headed to you. If you will start strong and start now, go all in and celebrate what God's gonna do. Amen. Let me pray for you right now. Okay, remember church manners, remember etiquette. It's only 1243. Give me, give me two, three minutes. Bow your heads, watch this. How many of you would say this? You'd say, Stovall, I'm going, I'm going all in. I'm gonna get a plan. Whatever that is for you, I'm gonna get a fasting plan and I'm gonna participate in this season of prayer and fasting. I want you to raise your hand right now, all of our locations. Man, I cannot wait to see the miracles. Every year we have so many miracles that happen during this season. Put those hands down. How many of you would say this? You say, so I'm away from God. And especially after today, I wanna to make sure I'm on the right side of this war. I wanna make sure I'm on the right side of eternity. So I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Make sure all my sins are forgiven and that I'm spend, spending eternity with him. Or maybe you've just been far from God and you need to recommit your life, that, that as well. If that's you, you either need to surrender your life to Jesus or you need to recommit your life to Jesus. Will you just raise a hand right now? I'm gonna include you in this closing prayer. Yes, yes, yes. Raise it high, hands are going up all around all of our locations. Awesome, you can put them down. I'm gonna say this prayer, church. I'm gonna ask everyone to repeat it. And it's gonna include, uh, it's gonna include those of you who just raised your hands to surrender or recommit your life to Jesus. It's just, let's all say this as a declaration of faith. Say this, say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. And Lord, I thank you for forgiveness and everlasting life. I repent of my sin and I follow you. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you, it's a new day. And Lord, I'm all in. And I celebrate what you're gonna do in my life over these next 21 days. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.